0: We are back today. We have the director of Shawnee Mission West Orchestra, Curtis Mulvaney. How you doing? I'm well, Rob. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Um, so we met because you were my student teacher at Shawnee Mission South back in 19...
1: 19- yeah. <laughs>
0: that was the same
1: year I was thinking it was. Yeah, was it?
0: exactly. Yeah. Um, with uh, the... Infamous uh, Mary Lou Jones. Yeah, I think she had thousands of student teachers. Yeah, yeah. We had about. Uh, I mean, we had 120 or something. I mean, we we had a pretty powerhouse program going right through there. Yeah, without
1: a doubt, without a doubt, that was one of the reasons I wanted to be there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she moved over to Liberty for for another, God, another 15 years or something so. after that, it was and a long uh, time. and what was. Um, I think you would have been my sophomore year maybe something like that, sophomore or junior I think. Um
1: I was there in the spring of ninety nine.
0: Ninety nine, so. okay. Yeah, that would have been uh that would have been junior year for me, yeah. But um what was uh, was uh was there anything that was really fun about student teaching or some some lesson that you learned that was just life changing or
1: Well, um yeah, but not for Mary Lou. Yeah. So my yeah the the thing that happened to me um, so when I student taught with with Mary Lou, I was with her, um, and you guys at South, and then I went over with Gina Barfordy mm-hmm. at the middle school, mm-hmm. and then I was with Jennifer Mitchell at the elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, well, at the time, uh, the at the middle school, um, she was about to get married, and mm-hmm. I, I walked in the the first day, and and she said. Um, hey, I'm on an important phone call. Can you take the kids? And I, that was my first day of student teaching. And so, I'm, and I'm sure it was, was very important whatever her, I don't know what that phone call was, but she just kind of left me in there with the kids. And so it was this like sink or swim moment. And um, I actually really remember that because I mm. you just had to, I had to go do it. So mm-hmm. I grabbed the music and, you know, talked to the kids and said, hey, let's go. Yeah. Um, now, I think that, you know, the, the thing I remember most about the student teaching experience was uh, Laura Block, um, who, you know, is now, you know, playing professionally mm-hmm. and, you know, viola now, but, yep. so we were getting ready for solo and ensemble contests, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> we were doing this little pre-event where everybody would, like, down in the pit in the orchestra room, they would play their solos, and, yeah. and Dr. Jones would, you know, give them critique or whatever. So I'm listening to Laura Block just shred this Bach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, just yeah. <clears throat> flawless. Yeah. And she's playing. And <clears throat> I noticed in the middle of her performance, she glanced. She kept glancing at the clock.
0: <laughs>
1: and I thought, this she is so bored.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, just uber talented. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I actually thought a lot about that. About how do you keep, how do you keep the uh, kids at the top. How do you keep them motivated and challenged and mm-hmm. still excited about it? So anyway, that th- those are my two big memories from, oh, from sure. starting teaching. Yeah.
0: So my, so Mike was in my grade. I mean, yeah, you know, I sat cellists, two yeah. two seats from Mike Block, and he's yeah. he's their their whole family are freaks. I mean, they're just you know, Dad Glenn taught you know U Symphony for however long. I was in
1: the U Symphony under him. Yeah. When I yeah. was in, in the oh gosh early
0: nineties. I mean, my, Mike is he he Yo Yo Ma played at his wedding. Yeah. I mean, that's nuts, right? I yeah. mean, and, and he's he's uh, he was tuning his cello before concerts and stuff, like the, and like basically Yo-Yo Ma's Ma roadie for a while. Yo-Yo, he calls him Yo-Yo Mike, like that's how close they are, you know? So, yeah, I don't, I
1: don't think I could do that.
0: Yeah, I don't think, yeah. and so, you know, they were they were something else, that family, and uh, I have a funny story about Laura, uh, is that my senior year, uh, I had been like first chair viola for a couple, you know, almost two years by then, And, uh, I did one of the best auditions that I'd ever done. This would have been like spring of senior year. She's sophomore, had just switched to viola, right? Like the summer before that. Okay. Three months ago. I actually didn't
1: know when she switched. Yeah, it was, it
0: was between freshman and sophomore because she was a violin and then she switched. And then, uh, but anyway, I, I did an awesome, awesome, uh, audition and she, she ended up beating me and that was my, uh realization that like that's all you can do. Yeah. Sometimes there's just a freak of nature. You yeah. know, that, oh, that yeah. is just an insane player and, and you gotta just try <clears throat> your best and practice and that's that's all you can do.
1: It's those experiences though that that make us who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I yeah. tell a story to my students every year. So we go through the placement test process in May. And so if you're a sophomore junior or senior you have to audition to be in one of the top Two orchestras, mm-hmm. and I, you know, obviously anybody that wants to play gets to play. It's not like you're, you know, worked out of the program or whatever. But you have to you have to score at a certain level. So I tell them the story that when I, uh, so I teach at West. Um, did you know I went there?
0: No, I didn't know you yeah. went there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I yeah, was yeah.
1: I was I, I was a student. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, my, my mom was a, my mom went to West. <laughs> I went to West. My boys went to West. <laughs> wow. Um, so I tell them that you know my freshman year I was ba- you know bass player and. Real big into jazz, and there was a junior bass player in the top jazz band. Mm-hmm. And man, I wanted that spot, and I thought, you know, I'm gonna get that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get mm-hmm. that spot. Well, uh, I didn't get it, and so my sophomore year, I had to take the jazz lab class, which was a freshman level class. Mm-hmm. All my friends moved up into the jazz band, the top band, so I sat in the same exact class for another year. And I tell my students that. You know you can't control if you make whatever group you want to make or not but you can control your your reaction to it yeah and then you have a choice to make you can get really frustrated and get depressed or you can get really angry and get motivated and, mm-hmm. and, and say not again so mm-hmm. I think it's great you know things like that happen to you it's you, you learn your best lessons through those through oh those yeah so, yeah anyway. I heard
0: at uh, Dave Chappelle said something about that he's like second gig he ever did. He got like booed off the stage worse than anybody ever. You know, he's like, okay. it was horrible, you know, but he's like, that's the reason why I'm a comic now is because I'm. he, he was just like, dude, life can't possibly get any worse than that. That's the worst it's oh, going to yeah. get and nothing happened. You know, he's like, that was the best thing that ever happened to him, you know, is, is using that failure to propel yourself. And uh, what, what do you think in general? Because I've talked to a lot of people about auditions in general. What What do you think about? I mean, you kind of alluded to it, I guess, but some people that think that that's not 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 necessarily not fair. But uh, you, so you think that's that's good.
1: Well, um, <clears throat> I think that going through the process is good. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, and I and I tell my students that. It, Well, first and foremost, I I make no bones about that I decide who's in my classes. So, they go through the scoring process where they play scales and excerpts. But I tell them that I have a score that I put in too. Mm -hmm. And that it is work ethic and your ability to get along in a group. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you on time? You know, um, things like that. And, and, and And I say that I don't, you know, the audition process is one thing. I decide who's in my class. Yeah, and and it is a no questions asked. And I don't. I've I've. I think I had a parent. So I've been at West fifteen years. I think I had a parent my like third year call and complain about the whatever orchestra mm-hmm. her daughter got placed in. I haven't had one complaint since then. Yeah. Wow. Um. And so I think the process is extremely important because it's life. You have to. You, there are times in your life where you have to perform at your best right now. Mm-hmm. And there are consequences if you underperform. Um and so I I value that process a lot. It's really weird though cuz um you know, I've tried to come up with all these like, you know, like the perfect advice to help the kids get through that, and there isn't. It, it's mm-hmm. it's so dependent on the individual and how they uh, react to that process. It, yeah. It's really tough. You know, you can tell, you know, I've thought for a long time it was it's, it's about being over-prepared You have to play the right. those scales and those excerpts so so many times, have them memorized so much that you just, you just go on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And for some kids, that's great. That, that's good advice. For other kids, they still go and get so nervous that mm-hmm. that they just can't make it through it. Um, so. Uh, I actually have been doing some studying on this. Uh, there's, there's a guy named uh, Frank Diaz who used to teach at UMKC mm-hmm. and he's at the Jacobs School down in Indiana and he teaches classes in mindfulness and music performance. Yeah, wow. And so, he, we brought him into Shawnee Mission and he did this whole thing with my orchestra. And he said, uh, one of the things to fight performance anxiety is you trick your brain into thinking you're sleeping by a breathing technique. So he taught the kids how to breathe, how you breathe when you're sleeping. And he says, and you you do this, uh. you go through this process and it actually it calms you down, lowers your blood pressure because mm. your brain, you trick your brain into thinking that you're actually sleeping. Um, and so he talked a lot about, you know, he talks a lot about mindfulness. And yeah.
0: That. Wow. That's interesting. I mean, and like you just said, that would be, first of all, my first piece of advice is be ridiculously prepared. Yeah. But the, the, the one that I would say is, is it, it happens with all of us that, you know year 30 of performing, you know, it's just like, okay, you know, another gig, you know, I mean, you, you, yeah. you, haven't, you've, yeah. you, you tell yourself, I mean, I can play, I've been playing 30 years, you know? And so the more you practice in front of people, I would say that would be another one for me, but people still get nervous. Like, like we were talking about jazz here before the, before the interview started and, you know, if somebody drops a song on me in the middle of the performance, I'm just as nervous as anybody. If I've never played that song before, I'm all, oh crap, eh, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so that still doesn't, you know. Well, well one of the things I do, uh,
1: make sure that I do it every year with that placement test process is that they, they have to play two excerpts and then two scales for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well actually not for me. I hire judges. Then. Yeah. So it's a non, so right. that score is biased, not, yeah. there's no bias in that score. I make sure that there is excerpts that every kid can obtain mm. musically yeah with some effort yeah but when the kids go into to play I tell the judges look for the kid that is doing the right fingering mm. you know I make sure that I that there are multiple passages that are playable in first position mm-hmm. that really shouldn't be played in first yes but the kid that has never had a private lesson is at the lower end of the the you know the talent spectrum or the work ethic spectrum or whatever Mm -hmm. that kid still can look at that excerpt and go i i can do this
0: yeah
1: um i've been i've had you know i've i've known you know people or i've seen some students come to me with excerpts from from other teachers similar situation and the excerpts are just so ridiculously hard that you have to have a you you have to have a private teacher to even get through the notes. So, I don't make my excerpts ridiculously hard. I just tell that my judges score up the kids that are playing very musically. Yeah. So, I really have a focus on tone and on vibrato and on, mm. uh, you know, kid that... You know, has, has done the research and knows the right bowings for the So mm. uh, I don't put bowings or tempos or any of that in it at all.
0: Yeah, up that, to the kid. Yeah, because there's like a spectrum, right? And even if you have an uh, even if you have an easier excerpt technically, there's still an enormous spectrum of how you're gonna play that. I mean, absolutely pocket rhythm or you know, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, there the tone, the fingerings, the yeah, I mean, there you're gonna get a really good player and they're gonna sound great on it but even another player right you know and that, that's probably wise because I, I know what you mean I've seen some other excerpts on like you you have you would have to get fingering advice for this like you said you yeah. have to get it yeah and
1: and, and and my scores when, when the judges give me the scores back and I go put them in the spreadsheet and tally it all up and look at you know where the groups are I haven't been surprised at that group and 12 years mm-hmm. think yeah you know it lays exactly like I probably thought it was gonna lay um, you know some kids get nervous but my kid the, the kids are so great they um, we're all in the, in the big classroom mm-hmm. and then I they go out into the hallways into two other rooms for the uh actual placement test. Yeah. So, the kids are like cheering for each other as they leave the room mm-hmm. Chanting their names. That's like, great. They all fight for each
0: other. So. Yeah, right. That's really cool. Yeah, and,
1: and I make a big deal too and I tell them, you know, so I post the results online in a in their Google classroom thing mm-hmm. and I tell them that um, you're all my students and I love you all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, don't hurt one of my students. So if you made a group that you wanted to make, I'm, I'm I'm happy for you. I want you to make that group. But if you talk down to somebody that didn't make that group, that's one of my kids. Yeah. And if you hurt one of my kids, we're, I'm not. You and I are not going to get along well. hmm And so I try to make sure that they understand. And I actually have I've had a few kids every year. I'll have a kid that'll come to me that is uh, you know maybe never been the you know the top player, but they found their place in my lower tier group. Right. Uh, I have kids come to me every year and say I don't care what the placement test results I, I want to be in the lower group, right? Because they that's their that's become their group, right? And most of the time those kids were not going to move up anyway They you know just they're not at that level of playing But the fact that they own that group mm-hmm. and that's just the atmosphere that they've created and, and that I want in, in, in my room so I that's why I think I haven't had the You know a parent call because i don't think most of the kids really care where they end up they just like to play
0: right yeah and that that's sort of a kind this is a weird thing that i know a lot of musicians would 100 percent agree with is there's there's sort of an identity thing that happens with being an orchestra specifically Mm -hmm. or band or choir you know where it kind of gets to be your thing and i mean that's what they're kind of explaining even though it's not the upper group you know they they it, it becomes kind of part of your life, even if you're not practicing every day. You guys have kind of a culture there at every single school. And I think that's really neat. I was definitely, you know, super orc dork, you know. I mean, I was there, you know, right. I, and I think that's neat. So you were talking a little bit about kind of, I guess I was thinking a little bit about what's, what's struggling for me right now is dealing with, like, motivation with my, like, private students. And I found that with myself, I'm so into this stuff. You know, I mean, this is literally all I do is teach music and then go listen to it and then go perform it and then go teach it again. And like, all I do is music. And so it is frustrating when I have students that aren't 100% into it too. For myself, I'm much more annoyed at the ones that don't really like this rather than the ones that aren't very good. You know that are struggling to practice. Well, yeah. that's my own personal opinion no, i i, I can you. sit there with the guys that are struggling through it but sort of like it and want to try i can deal with them all day um what's your general thing about kind of kind of motivation and it, it was it was mostly for me about what do i have control over you know this yeah, is, is I, kind of the I, question well yeah every kid's different there um so I teach, you know,
1: I, I have a private studio also. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. teach. I, I have like seven students right? right. I teach on Monday nights, and, and really that's it. Um, well, first of all, I tell you that every student in the world's battled that at some point, uh, being not not motivated. Um, I think one of the best things that I try to do is let them call them out on it right away. But yeah, but I I approach it from a uh, from an understanding standpoint. Um, And I talk about that, you know, your motivation in life on on anything, you know, often it looks like that, it's it's not a, motivation is not a steady increase. Um, Rob, I dropped out of college. Mm -hmm. After my sophomore year, I gave up a full ride scholarship. I was done. I sold my base. I was an electrician, I wired houses and stuff. And realized about six months into that that I made a massive mistake. And I was married at the time already and I called my wife and said I, I gotta go back I, I I screwed up but I so I come out I I can. So I'd share that story with, with students that are, are having lack of motivation I just tell them look you the ones that get through it, you just battle through this mm-hmm. I get it I was you know I I've gone through periods of not wanting to be better and not you know just you can't, I couldn't find that in that I had um, so I, that actually seems to help the most to me. When the kids... When you, when you tell a kid, Hey, I get it. I'm not mad at you. Mm-hmm. You got to battle through this. So you can't... You don't give up. You don't quit. You, you fight. You mm-hmm. got to find that thing again. And so sometimes I'll... I, I really don't change up the lesson. I'm not going to... I'm not going to change my curriculum to appease a kid. But I might mm-hmm. change the approach to it a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know I, I I have a very strict you know thing of what I go through with my students because I know that uh, you know 90% of my studio is all-state players and um, I know what that can I know what doors that opens and and um, I know how to get them there um, and I've just I, I guess I've done it for long enough that say okay so I, I have a I have a student right now who's who's battling that mm-hmm. um, she's young She is in middle school. And I just have, I've had, I've taught too many students that get like that. And then you just ride with them Mm -hmm. through it. Because they're going to come out of it. And I know what she's going to be. And she'll get out of it. You know, her mom, you know, the mom keeps talking. Well, how do I get her? And, you know, I bug her to practice. I was like, why? It's going to make her not want to do it more. Mm. Just leave her alone. She's having a bad time. She's not motivated right now. Just leave it alone. It'll be okay. It's not life and death. yeah. You know, she hasn't practiced bass very well for a month and a half. Okay, now if it continues like that, and um, I'll be honest, it's not like a month and a half straight. Like it would be a good right. week and then yeah. a bad week. Right. And then,
0: that's you know, different. So, so, yeah, that's that's way yeah. different.
1: Um. That I mean, that's the. That's the one of the hardest parts of our job. Yeah, yeah. It's trying to find what that motivation is. It's I, the
0: key, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the key to the whole thing. Is how do you deal with that? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think this. I think this ties in. I might answer a whole bunch of these questions. Yeah, here.
0: probably. Yeah. Um,
1: but I, what I think is, um, I I heard this in a professional development thing last year or something. You know, and you hear there's always catchphrases that come up, and every once in a while, I'd actually listen to those. And, um, <laughs> A couple years ago, the principal said there was this thing about relationship before rigor. And that was the saying. And he said, look, the kid, you can't on day one go walk in and just start beating your kids to death. You got to build some sort of relationship with these kids. And so I really focus on that. I I try and get to know the kid. Mm. Um, And I think that motivation... I think a lot of that's cured if they just know you care, mm. um, or if they go through those times, they feel comfortable enough for, to come to you and say, "Hey, I'm really struggling." Instead of hiding it or, or lying about yeah. it, or "Yeah, I'm practicing." All right. So, I, yeah, motivation's tough. I, mm. you know, I don't do any sort of, I don't do any really extrinsic
0: yeah stuff I, I think you you hit on something though because definitely my what I would typically want to do is to force the issue you know, like you said I, I would want to do I, I see it as fourth week in a row or whatever and I would want to try to do something to force it out of them and you're you're taking kind of a more opposite approach of maybe you should back off a little bit in some scenarios, you know, don't, don't try to force this issue right now. And maybe, uh, like the mom, you were saying saying the mom wanted to, what do I do? What do I do? You know? And maybe it's maybe these last two weeks just aren't the two weeks, you know, maybe. And that, that's what I wanted to do. And I, and I need to keep remembering that that might not, not even just go drill Sergeant on them with obviously not yelling or anything, but, but maybe, maybe to back off and to just keep riding it out and maybe that is the way I think you're probably onto something there there's
1: a balance here though too Mm. you can't you don't excuse poor performance or poor behavior Mm. in terms of just not carrying and coming in because they you know
0: so like attitude is different. Like yes, if they're, they're bringing like yes. crazy, ridiculous attitude and rolling their eyes. Right. That's, that's not what I'm okay, talking good. about. You know, good. cause
1: I, you know, cause you can see when the kid, they, they care, Yeah, they're, but they're just not motivated right now. Yeah. That's why I'm going to that way. Yeah. Now the attitude thing or, or, you know,
0: you got to knit that in the bud. Yeah week, yeah, yeah. week
1: one is come to Jesus meeting. Okay. <laughs> come
0: to Jesus. Meeting. Oh yeah. I sit, <laughs> yeah, I like I that sit down that with, with the
1: kid and say, this gets fixed this week. If they come back the next week and it's still like that, then we have come to Jesus with mom and kid right. together. Mm-hmm. And I say, you have one week to fix it. If not, you're fired. Wow. And if they come back wow. the next week, and I, I, have had, I had a student walk in, unpack, played about three notes, and I said, pack up, you're, you're done. And fired her on the spot. Wow. I, I, I mean, it's time away from my wife and my kids. Wow. And I'm not going to teach somebody that just does not care and does not want to be there. Mm-hmm. And has proven that over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. that's a completely different issue sure than a kid that's just struggling to find that motivation again I, I'll you know and a lot of times that you know a lot of times I've that's traced back to a more of a parental problem not a kid mm-hmm. problem it's 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 the mom or the dad that is just on the kid mm-hmm. nonstop. Mm-hmm. you have to you know and, and I'm like you know it's the kids life so you got to help guide them, definitely. But right. this is, this is bass playing. This is not, 9/11. Uh, not brain <laughs> surgery. <here>. We're not, <laughs> right. yeah, we're yeah, not yeah, curing yeah. cancer. We're, right. we're playing bass. So the kid's got to take the ownership. And what I found with that, and this happens, I, I'll, say almost, I'll, I'll say every single time, and maybe once it hasn't happened, really? I'll say every single time where I have told the parent in front of the kid, get off of your kid about this. Just leave him alone. Let them do what they're gonna do. When the when you give the kid ownership, they take the ownership, mm. and that motivation—that's huge. That's motivation.
0: that's a good point because yeah, because obviously when you're when the parent is forcing the forcing the lessons, they have zero ownership. The student does, you know. I mean, they it's it's yeah. this is this is the parents' dream, not theirs, you know, right. not the kids. And that that's really interesting that we're. Uh, micro micromanaging the entire thing for them and they have no owner that's interesting I've never thought of the ownership problem with that you said something interesting that I've been rolling around in my head really hard is that for somebody like myself that that makes this your living and then you have this amount of students now you you sit here with the problem and i always use the analogy of i call it the muscle like like a gangster or something that like they just walk into a place and go no you're doing this you know or you're dead you know and but with students when i have that moment where they're not even close to where i want them to be like with attitude etc because sometimes i need the money so bad I feel like I don't have the muscle to sit there that, you know, a tenured professor, this happened at UMKC when I went to, in high school to go teach under Steve Cruz and take from him and he's like, dude, I've got 20 other high school kids waiting to take your spot right now. If you don't step it up, you're chopped, you know, and I feel like I can't do that and maybe I'm wrong about that. You know, what, what do you think about that idea of just get, telling them you're done? You know, like, chop. Well. Um. In my opinion, if
1: you're—I mean—you gotta put food on the table too. You're, I know. You have but those that, that's, you gotta that's pay. That's, yeah. um, my wife works at a bank. She likes her job. Hmm. Um. I got buddies that are in corporate America. Um. I, what we do is so much better than that. <laughs> and if that. If you got a, the the problem there is that, you know, as an educator, you want the kid to want this. right right. And you have those students, right? You got those kids Mm. in your studio, right? Right. You got the kid that really wants it. Sure. Well, that's where you go crazy with them. And you push push them and you push them and you push them harder. And then the kid comes in that's paying your electric bill, then you still got it. You got to do right by the kid, Mm. but also emotionally, Maybe take a step back and realize, okay, this is electric bill.
0: Dude, yeah. Hey,
1: electric bill, come on in for your lesson. Come on in, trash bill.
0: Spend and save your energy in the right spot is sort of, yeah, sort of the moral there. You yeah, know.
1: yeah, a little bit. You yeah. know, I still think you gotta you gotta work for that kid. They're paying you money, yeah. so you want to give them your best. Sure, but you gotta watch your response. Yeah. if they don't respond the way you want, you gotta still put everything in in that thirty minute oh. an hour lesson, whatever you teach them. You gotta give them. You gotta be a hundred percent in there. But if they don't take 100, percent you gotta you gotta wash that off. You gotta brush yeah. that off when they leave and, and get on to the next kid. Don't be
0: losing sleep over that. I, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, no, yeah, not yeah, yeah. not that kid. Take it home. Yeah. Because again,
1: it's the kid's thing, Rob. It's not you. It's mm-hmm. it's the kid has to take the ownership. Mm-hmm. And if you got, but you got bills to pay. Yeah. So I I I don't I'm not in that situation now. Uh, I have been. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh gosh, I don't want to teach whoever's coming over next. But I got to pay this bill, you know. I, I, I did that and just kind of, you know, made, did the best I could. And...
0: So John, John Stewart said something really funny. He's like, I'm just on the sidelines throwing things. He's like, that's yeah. all my, you know, he, he's talking talk about like a coach or something. He's like, I don't play the game. I'm just sitting, there, you know, I'm just screaming on the sideline. You're the one playing the game like the student, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to wrap my, philosophically wrap my mind around Because at college, you know, obviously they were showing us examples of this teacher's got their crap 100% together. They have their procedures and they they are good to the students and they just got everything under control. And then you have the other teacher that isn't and look at the two classes, it's not even close. But I'm trying to think about, you know percentages is silly but how how much of this is 100% on us and how much of it like you just said how much do they have to eventually come to you like at least that much yeah you know what I mean like that that's kind of what I'm trying to roll in my head is how much how again how what what do I have control over well I have control over my effort I have control over maybe how I come at them but is there only up to a point you know that
1: yeah I I think I um, I've te- this is year twenty of me teaching mm-hmm. school. Um, I've written one kid up in twenty years. <laughs>
0: wow!
1: That's it, because I, if I can't control the behavior in my classroom, I, I in my, I don't have a, any business really teaching in a classroom. <laughs> okay. Um, and I tell that I tell my seventh graders on day one that I'm in charge of this room, and I take that very seriously because I am in charge of the room. My attitude that I come in with, the students pick up on it instantly. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that on the day where I, where I maybe don't do so well with that, where I, you know, maybe a class frustrates me before. So I got, you know, four-minute passing period to kind of, you know, get the happy face back on and, right. So let's <laughs> say that, that I fail at that. Yeah. And the next class comes in and they can tell right away that I'm upset. Then that class period typically doesn't go that well. Yeah. Well, is that the kid's fault or my fault? Mm-hmm. That's my fault.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Um, and so these students that I've had, when I've had students like that, where you feel like they're just, they, where you feel like you're putting in the minutes,
0: yeah, just yeah. to
1: get through the lesson, yeah. I find that if I approach those lessons with, with a different attitude, that, that it can help change the kid's attitude because mm-hmm. they're going to pick up on you. They know that kid knows. Oh man, Mr. Foster, he, he doesn't like me very much because I never practiced right. So I'm going to be, you know, he's going to go well you know okay had you worked on this we could right so um i think our attitude does is really important there yeah it rubs off on people and i i don't you know i don't know how i i feel i'm probably successful at that at times and i'm sure i fail miserably at times but i think i realize the fact that you know i've seen too many times where that kid in my private studio or the class and and at school um where my attitude has, has really been either the, the force for good or for bad. Oh, yeah, definitely. So,
0: um, so here's another one for you because I, I really like, you know, deep, abstract, philosophical things rolling through my head. And, and the one that has been really getting me over the last, like, even five years is, is, again, through this kind of motivation talk of when, because I'm so into this and, you know, even in my... So even in, in, in at South... I can seriously think of like maybe three of us that were in my grade that are still playing. You know, Mike, obviously deep right. in it, Mike Block, I'm deep in it. And then another girl, I think, is still sort of playing. But the idea I was rolling around is that some of these kids, you know, like I started when I was three, and there's no way I'm good enough for Casey Symphony. Like, those are the cream. I mean, the, you know, these guys are the freaks of nature that are just amazing. So when I have these kids, I. I know in my head that there's a whole bunch of stuff that they could do, but this ain't, you know, like New York Phil ain't it, you know, they're, they're not going to do that. And so that leads me to the, to say the phrase, okay, why am I doing this? Like why are we doing these lessons right now? And the best thing that I can come up with is that we're, you, you kind of mentioned sort of the not the the parents, right. And the non-musical things that we, that we all know about music of that we're, We're making music. We're making lifelong music fans, right? We're making uh, productive adults, right? We're learning teamwork. We're learning uh, not making excuses. We're learning all these uh, hard work. We're we're learning all these non musical skills, and so that that helps me a lot is to try to remember that. Like one of my students that that I've had recently, I know that he's probably not going to do that, but his parents were explaining to me that like he doesn't respond to like anybody and he's responding to you. Like it trying to get me to understand that this is huge, you know, for, for his development as a right. person, as a seventh grader. And so I'm trying to roll that in my head. But once in a while, when I try to kind of sit down, even a high schooler and the parents to kind of sit down and talk out those things, like it sometimes is that the parent, like, doesn't sort of want to hear it. You know I mean? Cause I'm giving a little bit of, you know, credit, you know, mild criticism with with that little speech i'm doing so it's kind of funny that i'm like okay well if you're telling me literally that your kid's probably not going to make the symphony but we're you know want him to experience music and then i go talk about why this is important of all these non-musical things and then you're getting mad at this too why the hell are we doing this right now you know it it doesn't make any sense to me when they complain about both of those things yeah
1: well the the soft skills you talk about um do you, you know about the the survey that Google did of their, all their top employees?
0: No, I'm curious. Okay, so Google,
1: yeah. they, they um, it's recently, in the last year or two. Mm-hmm. They, they took a survey of all, they took all their top executives mm-hmm. and they were trying to figure out what traits do they all yeah. have in common. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the, the, the top seven things were things like, Ability to work in a group, ability to take direction, um, ability to cre- you know th- uh, uh, think creatively, mm-hmm. all the STEM stuff right. was no wasn't even on their radar.
0: Yeah. So
1: Google has changed their hiring practices mm-hmm. because all they realize all the things that actually make a person successful in their field are, are are the soft skills, not not your how many physics classes you had, and so I put it up. I I for the last. Well, I just did this. I just found this this year. So, like, back to school night, I, I put this up on the, the board and I said, you know, I went through the soft skills of teamwork and, you know, conscientiousness, um, probably yeah, some personality right. traits, and et cetera. And I said, I said that's, our, that's my curriculum. Yeah. That's our curriculum in the arts. So, I, but what, you know, why, why are you doing this? Because um, we are not going to be in the Kansas State Symphony. Um, I mean, the average life of a musician at any given orchestra is like, like, what, five or seven years or something Probably. before they move on because they, uh, they end up feeling like a factory worker. You know, yeah. your job, if you're a violin, uh, eight in the section, your violin is, your job is, is to move your bow exactly the same time as seven and nine. And if you do that, your reward is, is that the conductor ignores you, right? <laughs> and, and, like and,
0: linemen in football or something, yeah, you know, you just so, do your job. And don't yeah, and
1: so you actually kind of feel like a factory worker. Mm-hmm. And it, you know that's you, the, the, like the the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra. They're, they're, they 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 hold members for twenty five plus years because it's a conductorless group. They they conduct themselves, and it's you know democratic process of bowings and right, you know dynamics and stuff. But I you know, so here's what I um, one of my favorite I he's, he's, my, one of my top three favorite jazz bass players in Kansas City is Tim Brewer. Mm-hmm. God, I love him. Yeah. You know. In his day gig, he's a dentist,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I tell the kids, you know, you're not, you know, you're not doing this to get a career. You're doing this to get a life. Mm-hmm. And and the kids, I I actually steer a lot, most kids away from, you know, music as a career.
0: Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. I, you
1: know, I the only way, the only reason I, I would steer somebody towards it is if they, if I had heard things or saw things in them since seventh grade that. You know, this, you know, I want to be a teacher. I want to be da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And then their junior year of high school, they go, maybe I'll teach music. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of times it's, I want to play, I want to play. Well, maybe I'll just go get a teaching degree. And I've told a lot of students, don't do that. Because mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not a teacher. Yeah.
0: You're, you're a player. Yeah, yeah. you're a
1: good. So, I tell the kids, you know, go go do whatever you're going to do. And then you play in a community group. Um you, you get Join on the side. Join a bunch side. of bands. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that, yeah that's, yeah. you know, you, your passion is, should be your hobby. Don't make your passion your job. Hmm. You know, so for me, I mean, jazz band was the only reason I went to high school. My, my orchestra program was terrible. Mm-hmm. We only did string strings. Mm-hmm. I'm a bass player. I didn't even touch my bow. It was like polkas and roll downs. I was like, well, the violin players are having fun. And I'm getting ripped off. You know, I just, I'm just playing one, five, right, one, yeah, five yeah. one, five, one, mm-hmm. five. So I was, that was like a, a, a waste of my time. Um, and uh, so jazz band was it for me. And so I play jazz on the side now. Mm-hmm. Teaching is what I do during the day. I happen to teach music. I was actually going to teach English for a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah that was going to be my thing. And then I think, I don't even remember. It might have been senior year of high school. And I said, well, I... You know, I really, I guess I'll, you know, I guess I'll teach music. Um, but uh, that's what I encourage my kids to do. Yeah. This is, you're not taking lessons so that you can be in the Kansas City Symphony. Yeah. You're taking lessons so that when you have to go sit at the bank, like my wife does all day behind the desk and type on a computer or you have to, you know, I got a buddy that, it was really interesting He um, he is a, a wellness coach but he... So companies will hire people from this company to come in and yeah. train employees how to sit right so they don't have to go sure. to the doctor for hurt back Whatever. He doesn't do that job. He's on the administrative side of it. And he said, in the corporate world, there's no end to my job. Mm-hmm. There's not a... You know, and I was like, man, we work... I worked for 9 weeks and we put on a concert.
0: Yeah. There's an end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did something. Mm-hmm.
1: He goes, not me. He, he, yeah. It was just, it was, you know, I, I thought, my God, what? to have to go to work every day and never get to experience these, like, total ups. Yeah. Um, I couldn't do that. Yeah. He, I'm sure he does it. I'm sure he's very happy. And, you know, but I'm telling the kids, you know, you, you got four years in high school. Love them. Love every day of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I get kids who want to graduate early all the time. I'm like, Why? Yeah. What's the what's the hurry? So yeah. then you get, then you get, okay, I, I gotta get it out of here. I gotta get on to, so you gotta get to college, right? And then you gotta get out of college. Why?
0: Yeah.
1: So you can get a job and pay bills for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, so while you're in that job for the rest of your life and paying bills, you have something that mm-hmm. you can go to once a week and join a community group. Or gig on the side, or play weddings yeah. on the weekend—something mm-hmm. that can give you some sort of artistic. We all, everybody in the world, needs some sort of an artistic outlet.
0: Yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you think about that for teachers? Is that, is that insanely important for especially public school teachers that are... To, act, to hearing, actively play? Well, hearing the squeaky ease all day and, you know, ready to kill themselves, you know, and then getting to go out and do their community orchestra where they get to actually do something or their jazz band. You think that's insanely important? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um,
1: but, I, but it wouldn't even have to be that. Right. Um, or whatever their okay. thing is. Yeah. So, a number of years ago, I took golf lessons for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: the exact same benefit of me actively playing. Um... When I had to have a coach, you know, was trying to talk to me about how to do all this stuff. And then I was trying to go teach a kid that really didn't know how to hold a bow how to hold a bow. And I really didn't know how to hold a golf club. And I just got to a lesson. So when I was in the, when I was in the student role, yeah. as a 30-year-old man, uh, this was a while back. I yeah. Yeah, did that. Uh, I was related to the kids. Yeah. But for me, you know, being right. an active musician and playing, and then go teaching music, I think it's I think it's incredibly valuable. Wow! Because you understand and you remember what it is to be in an ensemble. Mm-hmm. It's completely different being in the, on the podium. Oh yeah! Completely different. You forget what it was it like to actually sit in the section, um, and you remember how to actually solve problems. So you talk to the musicians from the musician standpoint. Yeah, I think oftentimes. We talk to them from the conductor standpoint. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't—they don't get that, but they—but yeah, I can say, I like that. Hey, yeah. last night we had the—you know—I was at rehearsal, and we had this exact same problem. Mm-hmm. My section—we couldn't do this. We could not get this thing together. And here's how we fixed it. I need maybe not go into that story with them. And in your right. mind, you do. So then you talk to them. Yeah. Well, how, what did we do in rehearsal last night? I like that. A so lot. I think it's insanely important. For teachers to continue to play in some capacity yeah and it's hard i actually didn't play for a long time mm-hmm. um, i've only been actively playing again for four and a half years now mm-hmm. because i you know i well, my my kids are, are, are older now I, I got my older son's 22 and so he's you know in college and right. the younger guy is uh, 16. uh but i was i was baseball coach
0: yeah wow you yeah. know and
1: so i coached baseball non-stop for 14 years in a row because wow. they're seven years apart and I coached both of their teams yeah so I'm doing baseball four or five nights a week so that was my job for a long time as a baseball coach
0: yeah
1: um, but now that you know the kid the younger ones on the high school team the other you know, older ones in college I can I started have to play again mm-hmm. so I've rediscovered that you know how important it is
0: I think I think you're you're helping me kind of understand something because again because I love this so much and it, it's one of those things that when not not when a kid does it, but when I hear music played badly, like it makes me angry. Like it may, literally drives me nuts. And so that's when that comes out a little bit from me to the student, you know, that obviously I'm never yelling at him or anything, but but that's just an intrinsic thing that I think that's, I don't think I need to shut that off because that, that's part of my drive. But at the same time, you're making a, a good point in the sense that I need to keep remembering that this is this is not nine eleven, you know this is a this is not you know yeah. them, them doing all of these scales endlessly you know we, we all know that if you want to get here you have to do all this stuff we all know that but but if they're not gonna get there do they need to sit here and do a flat major three octave scale for yes. 90 days in a row? You know, it's yes, like... Yes, they do. You think they do. I do. And wow. I do the
1: same thing with, with, with my students in my studio.
0: Uh-huh.
1: If they... A flat major. That's a hard one on to bass too. Yeah. You know, three octave, whatever. a flat major. Whatever scale, nothing. That's whatever. a good one. Because that's really hard to do well. Yeah. Um, but, but
0: you know what I'm saying? Like, go through this rigor of, Yeah, but of it, has nothing, cause it
1: has nothing to do with the scale. It's the soft skills that, we, that you were talking about earlier. You're teaching this kid how to be tenacious and how to solve a problem okay. and not to give up
0: go, and that's go through something that takes years yes. and, and the discipline and yes and keep going and all yep. that yeah and okay. I tell it
1: and, and again this is and you don't excuse I don't ever excuse poor performance for my students yeah. I tell them that's terribly out of tune that might be the worst skill I've heard all week but I don't ever I, I don't anymore um, I had an experience I'll tell you about here in a minute that kind of changed this but mm-hmm. uh, um, I don't ever approach it from a, okay, I can't, I, I shouldn't use, a, you know, I don't ever do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, most of the time, I don't approach it from any sort of uh, frustration. Mm-hmm. I'm just honest with them and then I fix the problem. Yeah. You know, the, so the rhythm's bad. So if the whole class screws the rhythm up, you know, that, I go, well, that's my fault. I didn't teach that very well. So I am okay, let's go back and teach mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, we're really out of tune. Well, maybe I should have taught them to play better in tune then. That's I, that's always my attitude towards everything. Mm-hmm. If they don't if they don't do something, then I didn't teach it right. Uh-huh. And so we got to go back and fix it. And so I just I just get to work. Um, and so I always approach it from a, from a okay always there it was again. I try to approach it from a very positive standpoint. Right. Um, Mary Lou told me what you know she said once a year you got to go off on all your classes. <laughs> and I don't do that on purpose. I have done it on purpose. Like I, like things are just too comfortable. So we got I got to lay into them a little bit. Just to, we got to reestablish where what our roles are here. Yeah. Um, so I have done that a couple times in my career. I don't do it yearly, by any means. But uh, that
0: uh, really makes an impression too if you don't do that a while, right? Like yeah. Lou Pinella was famous. You know, once a, right before the pennant race, you know, he starts throwing bases and yeah. gets kicked out, and then all of a sudden his team goes, you know, yeah. ten and two the next twelve games. You yeah, know, like it. You know what yeah, we're doing?
1: Yeah. A, we're doing an art form. There is emotion. Yeah. And you can't divorce yourself from the emotion. Now, that emotion is in the art, though. It's in the music making. It's not at the kid.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I tried to be, you know, when you're you know, learning how to, to, to do this job of standing in front of, you know, 100 high school kids and trying to get them to make music together, there's, there's no class that teaches you how to do that. So when, you, you know, when you're a younger teacher and I'm standing there, I'm trying to figure out who I am. I picked a mentor that I respected a lot and I said, well, I'm gonna do that. And this person was very, was that kind of Toscanini reigning authority from the podium. um, I just felt like I wasn't going well. And so I like, over the summer, I really kind of studied what this person did and I went into the next school year with, okay, this is how this is is gonna be the best. Mm -hmm. And I'm just cranking, cracking the whip and you know, that's out of tune. You know, I taught that rhythm yesterday. You know, I'm not teaching that. Why do I have to teach this rhythm again? Yeah. You know, so I tried to do that. And this little girl, her name is Nia. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget. This was, is, this has got to be 12 years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. She raised her hand and she said, Mr. Nia, why are you so angry this year? You were so, you were nicer in the last year. That's all she said. Yeah. And I went home that day and I went, that's not me.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: trying to figure out who, you got to find, we all, as educators, you got to find out who you are. Mm-hmm. And then you're happy with that because I think we all try to make everybody else like us. It's an orchestra teachers, classroom teachers. We... I got the best way. Mm-hmm. This is how we do this. And there is no best way. The best way is how can you reach kids being robbed?
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. if you tried to be me, it would yeah, like a work right. It'd be a hustle. It wouldn't be authentic. And so you have to be authentic to yourself. And that's a tough process.
0: I think for for myself, I was trying to list out the other day last last couple things on motivation because it's like it's it's the key it's the key to me and like it's what I've figured out is like all the you know learning how to teach rhythm and all the little drills and stuff that's e- the easy crap. I think this is the the tough thing that all of us go through, and I know that I can feel that. Show, just me showing the passion of how much I love this. I don't have any problem with that. They can find, they can feel that in five seconds with talking to yeah. me. Definitely the setting up all that the kind of external motivators of making a concert and having like a fit, th- you know, that has nothing really to do with me. It's about the concert. And then they're like, Oh, you know, okay, I'm going to go practice this cause I want to sound good. And then definitely the tone with how to, t- how to talk to them and Doing some of the stuff that you've already mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to try to, and, and definitely giving them, giving them practice techniques on the the greatest people in the world have practiced this way, and it's gone ridiculously efficient. Slow, slow it down. Work on parts. You know, all those kind of things that we always work on oh, yeah. with them. You know, just the you know technique, how to, how to practice techniques. Yeah, and so I know I'm doing fine with all that stuff, but the kind of the tone and knowing. If and when I even need to say something to them like like you were talking about maybe we just need to back off for two weeks and stuff and I, I appreciate you saying stuff like that cuz I, I yeah. do need to keep working on that um,
1: anytime I think something's going on with the kid I get them isolated and I always ask them are you okay what's going on because mm-hmm. you don't know the baggage that the kids yeah. come to you with so the lack of motivation you, you just don't know what's causing it, yeah. and we internalize things, especially artists. Everything that you know, you're wanting to, this. You want people. You want the validation, and you want approval. And,
0: and half people... the time, even if you ask them, they, they may not. You know, they may not tell you even something like that. Exactly, to, you know, but, yeah, you, yeah. but you've given them the
1: opportunity, yeah. and you keep giving them the opportunity. Wow. But it, but what you do by doing that, you build a culture of trust with people. Mm. And um, I don't ever assume that I'm the one that's caused a kid to be unmotivated. You just don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know, you know, they may be flunking science right now and their dad lays into them every night about science and and now go to viola. Right. Um, And you just don't want to assume that you have that answer. And and I think that if you, and again, you don't save every kid. You're going to, your kids are going to drop. They're going to quit. Yeah. But if you approach every lesson from an aspect of love, and, and every interaction you do with people is, uh, you you show them that you that, that you care and you're trying to do good by them, uh, I think more often than not the results are positive. Wow, man,
0: that's a whole whole of a story. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's that's I think the other thing that has happened to me too is like like I was saying, I was trying to. I was trying to list out all the things that I know I'm already doing. I'm trying to talk to the parents every other couple lessons, let them know what's going on during the lessons. I'm trying to do the concerts. I'm trying to show I'm excited about music. I'm doing the practice techniques. I'm showing, you know. I just list out all these things, and I'm I'm still like, there's still got to be something else I'm not doing, and and maybe maybe that's my, sometimes my lesson is once in a while, yeah, there is, but sometimes there isn't. You're doing you're kind of doing everything, and they sometimes they're just, you know, they're just going to quit. You know, you, you can yeah. do everything you want. And I, you know, I, I definitely don't want to get off on this tangent, but I think there might be, there might be a little bit of political message in there. <laughs> can you save all of them? You know, that's, that's a whole nother kind yeah. of worms. Yeah. But, uh, but that's one thing that I'm trying to remember in my head is that, you know, for sure, they're not all going to be symphony, but you know is this you know is this lifelong love for everybody and and some people might see it's that not. as a as a an excuse to give up yeah. or something and I, I don't know if that's the case it's but, not but
1: you let the kid discover that yeah on their
0: own um the, two two quick questions here one the the one thing that i was thinking of the other day after i've been diving into all this non-classical music is i've been really it, it was always funny to me when we do like like we did like the Grease medley, you know, with songs from Greece or whatever. And and I'll hear some of the, like the other day I heard like smells like teen spirit, you know, uh, orchestra arrangement, you know, and like some of that stuff when, when I'm like teaching non-classical music to my students, like I have sort of a tough time with it and a really easy time with it because after studying this stuff for real, I know that there's like a real way to do this, and then there's like that way to do. You know, when you're playing jazz or playing rock, and there's there, there's something. When I get up on the rock on the rock stage with a rock band it's funny because i'm trying to be as efficient as possible with my bow right and i'm trying to play as musically as possible and then i go watch another guy and he's like screaming or you know up, up and run around the stage and yeah. i know that there's an authenticness of what he's doing that is rock and what i'm doing is a bastard version of rock because i'm because yeah. i'm trying to do you know i'm trying to be and my dad was saying this at a show he's like dude, you've got to stand with your lyrics. You've got to put that stand down. Everybody needs to see you going wild and crazy on your bow. I know what they would say in classical, but if you're on the stage in a rock bar, like they want to see you going wild and crazy. And he's right. And so when I see these orchestra conductors, I understand their mentality of wanting to kind of update the curriculum and not just play all this old 1700s crap. And they want to play all these pop tunes and like try to keep the kids as motivated as possible with the repertoire. But it drives me nuts because with me playing like a swing beat, when I'm at a jazz club, I, I know you need to do this, you need you need to do your slurring like this or else it sounds like <laughs> Right, yeah. But yeah. I'd eaten, yeah, you know, swing, I mean, swing
1: rhythms and bows don't work right. out. Right, and so, well,
0: yeah. yeah, and they can, but you've gotta do it right. right. But this teacher doesn't know how to do it because they don't ever play jazz. And so I'm at this problem with wanting to make this as authentic as possible and knowing that the Miles Davises of the world are turning in their grave about me trying to teach this kid wrong in it, like it, with the style and stuff. What what do you think about the problem? Do you think there's kind of an issue with repertoire and people well, not knowing I, and
1: I, stuff? Here's, like here's what I think. I think good music is good music. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a number of experiences there. Um, I have uh, I have a great what I thought was a great arrangement of Cashmere mm-hmm. for strings. Yeah, Zeppelin. Exactly, yeah. I, come on. Mm-hmm. And you pass it out, and the kids that knew Cashmere are like, oh my God, we're playing Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then when they realized what Cashmere actually is, that was about two class periods worth of work, and then they were done. Because it's the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and, that, and so I think kids get turned on by quality literature. Yeah. Um, I, I'll ask the kids, you know, oftentimes, what's the best piece of music you have in the folder? And I, I do, you know, I equate music to food a lot. You know, like, I mean, Beethoven's like filet mignon,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and, and Louie Louis is like a donut, you know, and donuts are great every once in a while. Um, I, I wouldn't make my whole diet on them. Um, but what, I, what I've realized is that regardless of the style, the genre of music that's right. in the folder, the kids will pick, they pick the best quality music in, yeah. in the folder. They, they they dig good music. Yeah, and and there's I,
0: all integrity with all of it too. Yeah, and definitely. Draw, and I,
1: yeah, and yeah. I and I teach it all seriously. You know, I do I, I do a little improv actually in my class. you'd, good. Do, you'd be proud of me.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I actually oh, I am, and I right. do it I do it in the middle school. You can't do that in high school. You can't start it in high school. Yeah. They're mm. too. They're too self conscious about it. Seventh graders are still. Seventh graders are still and the teacher said I will do. Yeah. Um, so uh, I do Mac the knife because mm-hmm. it's a really great chord progression, and, and the key it's in for us is, is it lays really well. It's in the key of D, and on the it lays really well on the instruments. And um, I just take it, you know, I take the form, and I have repeats written into the to the music. And we just, you know, I start out and I tell them that you're only allowed to play uh, the root of the chord. Yeah, your job series. is to yeah, come yeah, up yeah. with the coolest rhythm, and right. we talk about the saxophone solo that's 15 minutes long. And he plays one note the whole time. Mm-hmm. So we talk about how to, you know, really create something. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell a story of I was in this jazz group in college, and the saxophone player, uh, well, there was there was a couple different saxophone players. The tenor player there was a really good friend of mine, Adam. Is he was very very good. Um, so there was another guy in, in the in the band, and <laughs> he was at times was would play beautifully and then other times it was like how many notes can I put underneath my fingers and so Adam leans over to me during the gig goes man that guy's got diarrhea in the horn mm-hmm. and I was like I get it man He's just you know so we gotta yeah, teach the kids about how to do that mm-hmm. but so they dig mac the knife all the time you know and um, so th- you know that that's a great piece and I and I, I, and I value that I don't on purposely put Pop stuff, pop music into into my program, just to have a pop piece, because mm. m- most of that the kids it's really just not interesting enough. <clears throat> uh, it's it's like fourth grade harmony, you know, it's a one four and a five yeah, chord, yeah. and the kids get that real quick and they go, okay, this was fun. What's next? What's
0: next? Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, so. I, I have no problem with multiple genres. I love doing tangos. And right. We do a lot of South South American type yeah. music. I, I love all that stuff. I have, I don't have anything against doing multiple genres in the classroom and in the public right. school setting. Um, but I think you, you got to give them quality music where all the right. instruments are challenged. Yeah. You know, I'll, 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 Rob, I'll be honest, about 80% of the music in the library, at, in our music library at school. We have thousands of pieces. Right. I open up the score. And if the first thing I think is, well, the violin players will like this, then I put that away. I will not play that piece. And about 80% of the music we have is written for violin players. Well, there's bass players in the group too. Mm -hmm. And they deserve to be challenged and have as much fun. And if they're pizzicatoing three notes the entire song, but the violin players are ripping around their instrument, are you really doing right by the group if you're only serving one master, I know
0: uh, I know the Brandenburgs are really famous for that everybody's got something you know oh, all, and, all yeah. music. right it's and, very active yeah. for, for, mm-hmm. for
1: all the instruments but you know I um, uh, well okay so the concert I did um, <laughs> the concert I did the cashmere thing on mm-hmm. I did Finlandia mm-hmm. and we did purple haze it was yeah. a it was like it was a stick it to the man <laughs> concert
0: Okay, Finlandia for life. Well, yeah, because
1: it's, it's the same. It's the, the, you know, Sibelius wrote it as a Finnish pride song, and when right. Russia was occupying Finland, you yeah. could not. You you know, there's like it's like America the Beautiful. Right. You know, that's the Finlandia theme, and um, so it was a total stick it to the man. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing with, with Purple Haze. You know, it's you know kind of protest music or whatever. Yeah, that's funny. So we had Cashmere, Purple Haze, and Finlandia in the book. Yeah. And I asked the kids, what, "What's the what, what's the what's the coolest piece you got?" It was Finlandia. Yeah. It was by far the greatest piece of music. They loved it.
0: Well, Finlandia is awesome. I mean, it's, it's an awesome piece of music. But, yeah. but but
1: you look at the quality, and again, Purple Haze. It's a great arrangement. It's the, I think it's the Turtle Island arrangement sure. of that. Yeah. I think. That might be wrong, but anyway, it's one of those, uh, yeah. you know, rock quartet arrangements of that stuff.
0: Oh, Kronos, you mean? I don't think it's Kronos. Okay, because I, I know they did a famous, they, they a famous Purple Haze. But anyway, maybe yeah. it was them. Yeah. Yes, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting because there's so many classical pieces that every single time they eat it up. Hoedown is one. Finlandia would be another. Brandenburg. I mean, there, there's you know, thirty or a hundred, you know, of those. Uh, we always liked, uh, we did Dance Macabre was one, our orchestra loved Dance Macabre, you the, know, and there, the, there's a the the whole books, bunch so. of those, uh, what's the uh, Russian Easter's Is another one, you know, oh there, my there's gosh, a whole bunch. D- yeah, but, but, but there's that, you know, there's, there's a handful of those pretty good pieces and they will always like those. I guess what I'm trying to get at is that I understand why those orchestra directors want to do stuff like that because they, they might have this feeling like I'm losing them, you know. In general, kind of over the over the last ten years of, and you know, you. To me, that might be an over, an umbrella thing of just the motivation in general. I I, I wonder if that's really the bigger issue than just doing the same crap, talking to them the same way you've always done but just change the music choices. I don't know if that's going to do it, right? I mean, it's that's... It's not the, going yeah. to. I,
1: I've, I've rarely seen that work with any program yeah. to revive, to bring back. And again, I, I play some of that stuff. Yeah. I don't have anything against Oh, yeah. That. But I would never build my program around it because it's... It, it, right. there's, there's such a limited time and so it's... Mm. Um, that was the always, always the argument with, the, you know, me against the strolling. Thing and I know you went through that, right. and then Mary Lou did such an awesome job of balancing that.
0: Oh yeah, see ours wasn't all stroll. Right. it was totally extra, and everybody right. didn't have to do it. You know, yeah. and So that was like probably different from how you did. Yeah, no. It. Yeah. So
1: that's what orchestra was. and yeah. and so it's you know, what do you give up to do that? You know, so if you know, teachers that say, okay, I'm going to, okay, I feel like I'm losing the kids, so we're going to turn us into a rock band. Mm-hmm. Well, then I mean, what you got? Then you're giving up Mozart to do that. Give up Beethoven because you only have so many hours in the day. Yeah. So you're going to give up Mozart for a hoedown? Right. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I I think that again because the kids get quality literature, and I'm talking like my I don't have I don't teach rich kids. I teach. You know my population's changed a lot. I I'm I'm probably like low middle class now. Right. Um. My my younger groups are about a third Hispanic. Which is awesome, that the, the mm. community is incredible. Right. This the support and the love that comes from that community is just really grand. I dig it a lot. Yeah. They don't know classical music. Mm. But man, I put that we put we did the Smetna uh, Yeah, Moldau. Yeah, the Moldau yeah. themes. These kids were like they just That's couldn't get in that. They'd was run in and go, Would you yeah. doing Smetna today? Mm-hmm. You know, and these are kids that, you know, when they you know, didn't speak English two years ago dropping they,
0: smetna on you yeah you know yeah, so yeah, yeah.
1: kids aren't stupid man they they, yeah. they know what good music is right yeah um so
0: I'm the, the the other one that, that was interesting that I thought about with your specific district is that I heard this the other day that you guys have an inordinate amount of apartments in your district oh, as I heard right. Oh, no, that's See, crazy. Sh- See South, it's not like that. We have no. houses everywhere, yeah. and so I thought of that in regards to the turnover. I didn't I didn't ever consider that. I don't know if you if you deal with. That I don't get here. a lot
1: of turnover at. Here's what I do notice: not at the high school.
0: Oh, oh that's interesting. But. Yeah.
1: Uh, from what I've heard, it's a, it's a lot in the elementary schools. Hmm. And then a, in the middle school, a little bit. But once the kids get into high school, I think the family's pretty much... Try to stay there. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. have a lot of move in or move out. I gotta, you know, I, it, it, okay, a couple a year. like yeah, Sure. Two Which is or, not much. Yeah, no, yeah, you yeah. know, I have 140 kids in my program at the high school. Right. Um, so two, you know, yeah. half of, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. One and a half percent. So it's Sure, not, that's not much. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, not, it, 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 it's not a lot, but... Uh, um, no, the, the, the more kind of problem, not, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to sound ungrateful or that, or that it's a problem. It's the, it's the fact that, you know, very few kids can afford private lessons or mm-hmm. quality instruments. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I got, I got, I have a poor young man, he's six foot tall, He's played on a three quarter size violin because that's just, that's what he's got. His family can't, you know, this yeah. is what they got him. Yeah. And, and.
0: Okay. Yeah, I let's know. Go, yeah, you got to deal with it, yeah, Get it out, let's
1: yeah. play. Put your fingers closer together. Yeah, get right, yeah, yeah.
0: get get up, get up in six position. You'll <laughs> yeah. have to be lifting those up yeah. to put the other one down, yeah. right? You know, like so, and I don't care. Yeah, yeah. He's a great kid. Yeah, that's great. Um, kid, I'll, right. I'll get him a violin, So, yeah. it'll be all right. But uh, um, yeah, man. So, I mean, we could we could probably do this for about 8 more hours. Um what is if you had one if you had like maybe I guess one one overall piece of advice for maybe a maybe a teacher or even a even a younger person who's a player, you can kind of answer it however you want. But if you had one or two, you know, general piece of advice that for teachers and or players or anybody, what? I
1: think the most important thing. In- it doesn't matter if you're a teacher or a student or anything and I, I i actively talk about my to my kids with this um live the golden rule every day that's mm-hmm. the greatest thing if you treat others the way you want to be treated no matter what you're doing you're going to be happy mm-hmm. and the people around you will be happy and that's so much more important than anything else mm-hmm. so i i think you know i have i wear i wear a peace sign shirts to school and I teach peace and I teach love to my students, and mm-hmm. and I think that the that uh, to teach love is is the greatest thing that anybody could do, and you wow. don't have to be a teacher to do that.
0: Yeah, wow. that's great, man. Um, this is Curtis Mulvannon, teacher at Shawnee Mission West. Um, we will be back next time on Casey Music Talk to. Uh, uh, Talk to some other person about something. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Rob, it's been fun. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you inviting me. Yeah, no problem. I really do. Trying to get more teachers on the show. You know, we've talked to a lot of the blues scene and a lot of like gigging guys, but it's it's awesome for me to get to talk to talk to teachers because it, it there's there's stuff I know you guys have in public school little, little insider baseball because you guys have like weekly sessions with all the string teachers, right, or, or once in a while you guys yeah. will get together and so you guys will get to kind of talk shop a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and get some more advice and for somebody like myself, I don't get to do that because I'm just out here, you know, private teaching, you know, so it's always right. fun to meet to talk to another teacher specifically. Yeah. So, uh, um, there you go. Get out of here. It's Ralph Foster, Curse Mulvannon. You guys take it easy.
1: Thanks.